0: If you're planning to cut back on alcohol this dry January, Recess Zero Proof Craft Mocktails are the perfect alcohol replacement. Recess has meticulously crafted familiar favorites such as Lime Margarita and Grapefruit Paloma, allowing you to savor the flavors and experience of these cocktails without the alcohol content. Throughout January, my listeners can take advantage of a special offer and get 15% off the Recess Mocktail Sampler Pack at TakeArecess.com minimalist. Get 15% off recess mocktails now at takearecess.com slash minimalist so you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. No more stressful trips to the fitting room under fluorescent lights. With armoire, you get to wear quality pieces without the hassle of adding to your wardrobe or paying designer prices. I'll say, as a busy mom of three, I know the importance of treating myself to something special, and armoire allows me to prioritize quality over quantity in my wardrobe. Plus, armoire is woman-founded and woman-led, so you can feel good about supporting a business that empowers women. If you're ready to have your dream closet delivered to your door, try armoire today. You'll never have to worry about finding the perfect outfit for any occasion again. If you're curious for some of the looks that I've chosen, check out my collaboration highlight on Instagram for a few of my favorite armoire looks. Hello and welcome to the Minimalist Moms podcast. I'm Diane, I'm a mother of three, living in Columbus, Ohio. I'm trying to make room in my life for what matters by getting rid of the clutter and living life with purpose. I hope you'll join me on the journey to think more and do with less. Screen time doesn't necessarily have a one-size-fits-all prescription. However, what does a realistic approach look like and what does the research actually suggest? How can we encourage the growth of imagination? And how can we find more time for play? Joining me today to discuss all of this and more is the creator behind the popular account at Play More Tech Less, Abby Lynch. So before we get into the conversation, I very quickly want to share my minimalist moment of the week with you. So I'm at the point where we're getting close to the end of the year, and I'm just reflecting on how the year has gone and what I want to do in these last couple of months before the new year. I'm not a big believer in resolutions, but I do like to reassess my goals, my habits, and just where I've been, where I'm going. So if you're anything like me, I'm a very visual person. I'm a visual processor. I like to have a tangible planner along with my phone planner. I like to write things on sticky notes and stick them around the house where I can see them in my car. It just works for me. All that to say, again, sorry if this is redundant for people who have been listening for a while, but I like to write down the things that I've been prioritizing in my life. What takes priority in my life? And then in the column next to it, I will write down what is most important to me. And then after I write down the two list, I crisscross and see what matches up. What have I been following through with? Has what I say matters to me? actually mattered to me the most? If my children are the most important, am I making sure that they are top priority to me? Or is that work? Or is that friendship? Or is that something else? Fill in the blank. This is a very helpful exercise for me, again, not just to visually see it, but it's a convicting challenge to say, am I making the choices that align most with my values, with my goals? And I'll be honest with you, this time around my list did not match up nearly as well as they have in the past and it made me pause and it made me feel embarrassed because I have a platform where I talk about the importance of space and boundaries and saying no and not taking on too much and here I am finding myself doing that very thing that I I preach so much about. So, All that to say, going into these last couple of months of the year and into the new year, I have a fresh perspective of what I want for our family and what I want for myself and what I want to to take priority. And it is really hard to make changes, but I know that there's benefit in aligning myself with what I say is most important to me. So if you've never done an exercise like this, I highly recommend doing so. And again, I apologize if this is redundant for people who have heard this before. But I felt like this was a helpful exercise for me this week and wanted to share it here. So without further ado, let's get into this conversation with Abby Lynch of At Play More Tech Less. Abby, thanks so much for joining me on the Minimalist Moms Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to connect with you because I've been following along with your Instagram account. So I'm actually just going to let you go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell me who you are, maybe why you started your account, and do you consider yourself to be a minimalist?
1: Sure. So my name is Abby Lynch. I am a speech language pathologist with about 12 years of clinical experience and a mom of two with almost six years of experience of parenting. Um, I started my Playmore Techless account when I had really an overnight epiphany that the answer to my children's relationship with screens was really just increasing their play. Um, I also really had observed in my own clients' families, their struggle with screen time and finding time for play for over a decade. And so when I started encountering those similar challenges as a mom myself, I really Felt like I just wanted to share our story and our journey toward healthy screen time to encourage other parents. And do I consider myself a minimalist? Well, um, I think that being a minimalist is kind of a lifelong journey. There are certainly things in my life that I am not minimalistic about. Uh, I'm working on not hoarding too many items and trying to clear out our spaces. It's sort of a day-to-day, week-to-week process. But when it comes to play, I do like to consider myself a minimalist in terms of the way I look at the parents' participation. I think that while a parent's participation in a child's play can be so important, it's also super valuable to give yourself grace and tell yourself that you are not required to play with your child at all times. So I think when, in that regard, when it comes to thinking about play and a parent's involvement in play, I, I would consider myself more of a minimalist.
0: Absolutely. I definitely think that I've gotten to a pretty good place with having minimized my possessions, that it's all about my mindset and my intentionality right now with how I'm parenting. I feel like that's where I practice minimalism, if you will, the most. (laughs) So I can definitely relate to that. But I guess I want to know I didn't really write down any questions that I specifically wanted to ask you, but I basically just wanted you to come on to encourage listeners to get a good balance and to give ourselves grace here, but maybe also to stress the importance of. Making sure that our kids just aren't sitting in front of a screen for
1: hours upon hours every day, sure, sure. So I mean, I think I'll just start with the sure. screen time piece because mm-hmm. I think that's the part that tends to get people's attention, and people are always curious about it. And I don't think I've ever met a parent who isn't struggling to some degree with that um, finding that, that balance of, of screen time. And I think the message that I like to encourage others with is that it's not black and white. And I think that there's a lot of polarizing information out there of like, screens are good, screens can be supportive. And then on the other end, screens are terrible. Don't let your kids watch screens. If they watch screens, you're a bad parent. And it's really just not that simple. And it's not that black and white. So I believe that screen time should work for you versus you working for the screen time. It's something that I certainly continue to work on as an adult, especially one that has an Instagram account, uh, and something I try to keep in mind when using screens with my kids. Uh, Another uh, account that I recommend following is the Screen Time Consultant on Instagram. She has a great phrase that she uses, a little is okay, a lot is too much, with cake and with content. And that analogy of screen time with food is something that I've used in the past as well. And I think it really helps us to frame the way we look at screen time, that it's a reality. You know, find me someone who's never eaten sweets. Find me someone who's never used a screen. You just can't. They're both realities that we need to learn to live with in a healthy way. So the goal should simply to... Be to achieve that balance and finding a variety of non-screen activities that you and your child enjoy doing.
0: Definitely. You say that there's no educational app or program that can replace an educational experience face-to-face with you. So again, giving ourselves grace, but also understanding that the app is not a replacement for us. So if we are going to set them down with the screen for an app or an educational show we need to make sure that we are on the flip side are also getting that face-to-face time because it's so important, especially in foundational years.
1: Oh, absolutely. So, I mean, I certainly recommend following um, the American Academy of Pediatrics recommendations of not using screen time prior to age two, with the exception of FaceTime or face calling uh, family members or friends. Um, but I also understand that there is a reality that there are some moments, some desperate times, where that screen might be a tool that you are using so that you can be the best parent you can be in that moment. But just as you mentioned, uh, reminding ourselves that that screen time is not the replacement for their play time; it's not a replacement for their um, educational time. We, they still really need those opportunities to explore their environment, and so. Again, going back to the uh, analogy of screen time with a cake, for example, we're all gonna have those days where maybe we eat two pieces of cake, right? But then we follow that up the next day with being intentional about making better food choices. So if you have that day where you end up using screens with, with your kids, there's no really no point in getting down on yourself or feeling guilty. It's a reality, it's something that happened that day. And so wake up the next morning with intentionality and be purposeful about creating creating some screen-free opportunities to get that balance. I really like looking at screen time from like a week to week or even a month to month standpoint versus just individual days or saying like, we only do 30 minutes every day and that's it.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's kind of how I look at it as well. And I will say that not to shame anyone, but screens are not in our car. And again, that's a personal preference for me, but there's so many other things that we can do to fill that time that I can give them in the car that are maybe special treats for the car, special books or special toys for the car that I'm able to do that. But also, when I'm at home, I kind of want to use that screen time as my break and or my ability to get things done. So I don't use screens if I'm in the car or if I'm at the doctor's office waiting room, or if we happen to go out to a restaurant, which we honestly, we don't really go out to restaurants as a family. It's just too stressful. (laughs) So yeah, I guess for me not to sound haughty on my high horse or something, but I think because I know what I want the screen time to look like, it's easier for me to say no. And I have thought in advance, no, we're not going to use that in those environments. We're going to plan this out instead. It's just, it's become an easier habit and my kids are on board with that. I guess maybe. What's your advice for someone that wants to break those habits of using the screen as just a distraction? I
1: guess in those moments. Yeah, sure. And I think that that is a big was a big motivator behind my uh, decision to start my Instagram page was encouraging parents who do feel like screens are stuck, because I think that's where a lot of the guilt and frustration can come from, is you've used the screen in the car a couple times, maybe during a rough patch, and now it feels stuck. Now it feels like you can't go anywhere without having that screen with you. And so I think that's when screens start to become problematic. If you're feeling uncomfortable about that, then it's a problem, because you don't feel good about it. And I have been there too. Screens were stuck in our car for a little while. We had gotten um, a new Honda Pilot that had a built-in screen. It was just kind of the one that worked out for us. Getting the screen wasn't part of our decision to get the car. It was just there. And uh, we had said when we got it, oh, we're never going to use that. But then one long trip comes in. We use the screen. The kids watch a movie. It feels special. And next thing I knew the video would just auto start when we turned on the car. And I really did get to that point where I felt, oh my gosh, I'm stuck. Like the kids can't ride in a car without a screen and this is a problem. And so I think what I would say and what I do tell parents all the time is one, remind yourself that you're the parent and you're allowed to say no. Two, talk to your kids about it, no matter how young they are, even if they're very, very little, say it out loud. You know what? I've noticed that we are always watching a show in the car, and I'm not really feeling so good about that. Wonder what we could do instead this time. Would you like to choose a special toy to bring in the car instead of getting in the car, flipping the screen closed, and saying we're done, no more screens? Because that creates that polarizing feeling around screen time of oh my gosh, like mom just shut that screen and used a harsh voice that the screen must be a big deal. Um, That's another thing I talk a lot about is getting to a point where screens are kind of no big deal that they are just a part of our life that we do sometimes just like we sometimes go for a hike. Sometimes we take a trip. It's not an all the time thing. It's a sometimes thing. So I hope that answers your question about how I would recommend, um, working through that stuck feeling of screens.
0: This show is sponsored by better help. Navigating any of life's challenges can make you feel unsure. Whether it's a career change, a new relationship, or becoming a parent. Unfortunately, there isn't a how-to guide for every circumstance, so when things aren't working out, it's normal to feel stuck. But continuing to ruminate on circumstances takes up precious mental space when you could reach out to a therapist. I'm happy to partner with BetterHelp because I myself have benefited from their services working with my own professional counselor. Since having kids, I found it more difficult to schedule therapy appointments, but when I discovered BetterHelp a few years ago, I was thrilled. I do find it stressful and somewhat inconvenient to set up an appointment, find a babysitter, drive there and back, and not feel rushed. But with BetterHelp Online Therapy, I didn't have to worry about setting up a sitter or rushing to an appointment at odd times throughout my week. As the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. Plus, it's affordable. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with the therapist, and if things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist anytime. It couldn't be simpler. No waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com minimalist. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash minimalist. Tacovas is a terrific boot brand, and they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots, but they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. As someone who tries to pursue a minimalist lifestyle, I highly value quality over quantity. And I'm telling you, you can't find a higher quality boot than Tacovas. Just do a quick search for Tecovas on social media and you'll see how adorably styled these boots can be. Visit tecovas.com, that's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com and point your toes west. For a lot of my listeners, I feel like they're on a journey to simplify their lives, but they don't want to sacrifice style, which I completely understand. And that's why I was excited to partner with HomeThreads. HomeThreads is the perfect blend of minimalism and comfort for your home. I don't want it to seem like I have it totally together in this area. Like I said, I'm very intentional about using it at our house and I do. And I think it comes back for me to that balance of what does our week look like as long as they're getting enough time playing outside, playing with friends, reading, doing all this other stuff. I really, I don't feel guilty about it. And I do, I shouldn't say this, but looking back to what my childhood was like, I watched hours, but I also spent a great deal of my childhood outside, and I turned out just fine. So most days, so right. yeah, I would just say not to be hard on ourselves, But if we feel like we can't, I'm. I think I really wanted this episode to be for the listeners that feel like they're stuck and that they feel like they can't shift how they've been parenting in this area. That you absolutely can, and you have the ability to take control because you are the adult, you are the parent, and really, when you see the benefit to your children, I think that's an inspiring. Um, it, at least it's inspiring to me to say, like, I don't want this for my kid. I want to maybe cut back on some of these areas and give them other things instead,
1: because it's to their benefit. It's only for their good. Finding that balance. Another thing that I often share about is announcing and naming playtime. So, kind of moving into that play piece. I think that it's very like second nature for parents to say things like, all right, it's dinner time, it's snack time, time for school, bedtime, but it's less common in my perspective at least, for parents to really announce and say it's playtime, it's time to play. And that was something that I really made a shift in to be intentional about when I started noticing some challenges with screen time is to announce playtime and help my kids learn what that meant and giving them the space and the time that they needed to play and reflecting on it afterwards. So they might have that space. And then maybe at dinner time, I say, hey, I noticed that you were uh, creating a tower and using your Peppa Pig characters during playtime today. Tell me about that. So that they are really seeing it as an equally valuable time in their day. We might also announce TV time. Hey, it's TV time right, right now. And so again, that's kind of part of making it this no big deal piece that it needs to be integrated into the balance of of your life.
0: Definitely. And I wanted to make sure that we talked about imagination because you have a recent post all about imagination and you say imagination can't really be taught and that they need opportunities to practice creating images in their mind, to consider new possibilities, to try out different roles, all while practicing language through self-talk. I think that this is so connected to screen time because sometimes... I mean, you probably know more about the research than I do, but in certain shows, our brain truly does kind of shut down and turn off. Creativity is lacking. So am I on the right path? Oh, absolutely. I mean,
1: I think that there's something to be said for when we are watching a screen, images are being delivered to us, right? We are just consuming the pictures. We are consuming the images. Now, I suppose you can make the same argument for books, but the wonderful thing about books is that they are, at least with young children, that shared experience where a parent is reading to the child and you're able to make those connections to to the real world. And that really what the research says is that if you are engaging in screen time with your child, if you are sharing in that experience, watching it together with them, commenting, asking questions about it, and then maybe referencing the show within your non-screen time, it minimizes, if not eliminates, any de- any of the detriments to screen time. Now, I want to make a little caveat note because I am very aware that that is not a reality for some people and that sometimes that screen time is you are not able to share in that experience with them. And I've been there too. You know, during COVID, I had Zoom meetings and appointments and there were times where my children were watching a show without me engaging with them. But again, coming back to balance, I kind of make a mental note. all right, they just watched a movie without me. I'm gonna make sure that tomorrow we watch a show together. And I find that that can almost nurture some of the creativity and the imagination. And sometimes when I will go outside and be playing and maybe my daughter is giving me a little bit of, oh, I don't know what to do or there's nothing to do. I might give her some ideas of like, hey, I wonder if you could play Elsa. I I, you know what? The grass out there could actually be the ocean. Um, And so by using some of my children's screen or technology interests to stimulate their imaginative play. Um, now we don't do that all the time, and I do think it is so so important for kids to just have. I'll say this again and again: that can't all kids can and will play with adequate time and space. And so sometimes it's a matter of just saying, "You know what? I'm not available right now, but I know you'll have a great idea." And giving her that kind of time to work through any uncomfortable feelings of "I don't know what to do right now" until she gets there, because. Um, I think it's actually in a bluey episode where the mom says, um, sometimes you're just bored and you just have to look around and something will always pop up. And it's so true.
0: I love that. So I was also going to suggest Busy Toddler has some great ideas too of what you can kind of assist the younger ones with. So you can set things up for them, but maybe even allow them to have the creativity to do what they will with the thing that you're setting up. And I mean, obviously your account as well. And I know my friend Brie, her and there's a woman, the mellow mama on Instagram, they wrote a book called something to do. And I feel like these are just like good resources. Again, there's so many wonderful resources on Instagram of where you can kind of set these things up to start or have an invitation to imagination and creativity, but then they really take over and they take the lead.
1: Yeah. And, you know, my goal on my page is to, I, I often use the term seriously simple because <laughs> I get a little frustrated sometimes when I see a reel and it's like, do this simple activity. And it's like, draw this picture, cut this out, set out these crayons, <laughs> laminate, um, you, you know, color rice. I don't know. It just, I look at it and I'm like, that's not simple. <laughs> that cre- That is actually a lot of prep work. So I really, really try to Show ways to stimulate play that are very truly simple. Um, And by that, I mean it is often me just grabbing something out of a cabinet and putting it on the table. I had one reel where I had grabbed some uh, like wooden masks at the dollar store and some quick sticks, and I just put them out in our yard on top of a cardboard box. And I think the key is. To not say, all right, guys, we're doing this. We're doing this activity. Like, look what I set up for you. Because I'll often hear parents say, oh, my gosh, I'm so sick of setting up play, you know, quote, play invitations. And then my kids play with them for one minute and they're done or they never want to do them. Mm -hmm. And my answer to that is that's because it was your idea. It wasn't theirs and kids are going to pers- or continue with play that comes from their own mind that is their idea so mm-hmm. instead of creating the activity for them i try to just put out some materials or put out something that might spark an idea of their own.
2: Mm -hmm. And
1: so an example with those masks, um, they did eventually go over and start painting and coloring them. And then they took turns being, I think it was like a witch and a zombie mask. Mm -hmm. They took turns um, playing witch and zombie tag, a game that they made up. So I didn't create the activity, witch and zombie tag they did, but by putting those materials out, it stimulated that, that idea for them.
0: No, that's really great. That's really great. I love also Tinker Garden. I don't, have you heard of Tinker Garden? Yes.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: We took a class there. I don't know. I think when my daughter was maybe four, but all that to say that's an easy low prep. Yeah. Just it's, it's outside typically very low prep. You're finding things in nature together and creating things. So that's also another great account. I'm just trying to share as many resources on here as possible, because again, I am not someone, even with my homeschooling, I bought curriculum that is very straightforward. It tells me what to say. And then we, we implement it. I am not one of those homeschoolers that is like, let me spend all this time prepping. It's just, (laughs) that's not my personality. And so I definitely want people to I don't want to overcomplicate this and make it seem like it's too hard. And therefore we have to go back to the screens because it's like, why would I invest this much time? Or I don't have this time. I'm a working mom. I don't have this much time to invest. And by the end of the day, I'm just exhausted. So yeah, I think anything we can do to like, again, going back to the grace centered um, mindset and just giving ourselves the freedom to feel like we can use screens when we need to, but also like there are easy options for us that um, are widely available.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I think one um recommendation that I would give to parents or sort of maybe a, a relatable example from my own family is since my daughter started kindergarten, she has pretty consistently wanted to watch a show, it's usually a bluey after school. And at first I was like, ugh, I don't want this to be our after school school routine. And I had to kind of shift a little bit and think, you know, I don't want it, but maybe she kind of needs it. Maybe she needs space and maybe she just needs a moment to kind of shut her brain off after a long day. And part of why I do like Bluey is it's seven minutes, you know, seven minutes of screen time is not bad. And so what we do is I'll often tell her when she comes home and asks, I'll say, okay, sure. We can watch a show after school today, but I want to see if we can try some different things tomorrow. What do you think our plan could be for tomorrow? So involving her in the process of being intentional about finding variety and trying different things. And it's really been great. She'll sometimes say, I want to paint after school tomorrow. And I'll say, perfect. I'm going to have the paints out for after school tomorrow. And it has gone really well. We still have some days where we watch TV after school. And then after her show, I'll let her know, okay, after your show, we're going to, if it's a nice day, we're going to have some outside time. And then we go outside and we get that time. So I think it's really about finding flexibility within your family, within what works for you. Um, and not only giving yourself grace, but giving your kids some some grace too. And I think that as long as you are um, being intentional about that play, like I think announcing the playtime really was so um groundbreaking for, for our family that I know when I announce playtime that my kids are going to, they'll sometimes even shout, yes, it's playtime. And in my mind, I'm thinking this is my break time, or this is when I am getting things done. Like I'm going to pick up the kitchen while the kids play, or I am going to fold the laundry, or maybe I'm just going to sit and be on my phone in a different room.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. We all need that sometimes. (laughs) Well, where can listeners find you if they want to connect with you online?
1: Sure. So uh, listeners can follow me at playmore underscore techless on Instagram to follow along with our family's journey to healthy play and screen time. You'll find lots of great toy recommendations, some seriously simple play ideas, and a community of parents who are all working toward a common goal of healthy and happy kids.
0: Great. Well, as we wrap things up here, I'm going to ask you the two questions that I ask every guest. And the first one is what has been a beneficial resource in your life that you'd like to share with the listeners?
1: Yeah. So the resource I was hoping to share is Every School. I think it's a resource that not too many people know about. And it's um, they basically cover screen time in schools and they have great practical resources for uh, teachers and for parents about how to be intentional and to work towards healthy screen time in schools And with my daughter starting kindergarten, this has kind of been like a new focus of mine. And uh, the reality is most schools out there are utilizing screens more than they ever have. And our kids are spending lots of time in schools. And I think it's so important for us to advocate for schools to work towards building healthy habits in the school setting as well. And not only that, but also be supporting being supportive to the parents of their children who are enrolled at school to help them uh, build these healthy habits as well and use screens in an effective and intentional way. So again, that's every school. That's
0: a great resource. All right. My last question for you is what is something that you can't stop talking about?
1: I mean, I feel like this is sort of uh, too predictable, but it truly is play. It's literally my life. It's my work life. It's my home life. It's all my daily activities are surrounding finding ways to play, ways to play for myself, my family, and my clients. Sometimes that means finding time to rest for myself. Sometimes that means working towards a family trip. And sometimes that means uh, coaching parents in how to best connect with their kids and I couldn't think of anything else that I can't stop talking about because it's truly all I do.
0: <laughs> Definitely. Have you read Catherine Price's book? Um, gosh, what is it called? It's something about fun. The hmm. power of fun. I have. I, I feel like great. you'd be in, yeah, I feel like you'd be interested in that book. I think it sounds like you already uh, get enough fun in your life with the play that you have, but it, it it might be a good resource to recommend to people.
1: Definitely, I'll have to check that out.
0: Cool. Well, Abby, thank you so much. I really enjoyed talking with you. Thanks for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. What did you think of the episode? If you enjoyed this conversation, I want to encourage you to leave a rating and review if you haven't done so yet. Leaving a rating and review is the best way you can help this podcast continue to succeed and grow. Again, thank you to everyone who supports The Minimalist Moms by listening, leaving those rating and reviews, or following along on social media at Minimalist Moms Podcast. As always, I invite you to keep the conversation going at minimalistmomspodcast.com, and there you can find links to the Instagram account, my Facebook page, and where you can find me all around the web. Thank you for joining up on this journey. I wish you a lovely week as you think more and do with less.